Today's Mishnah is from the 5th and 6th Mish from the 11th parak of Masech Ktubot. And in yesterday's Mishnah, we learned about a case where if a woman was selling some property for the purpose of Ktubah, and she sold too much, meaning her Ktubah is worth, say, 100, and she sold land that was worth 101, we say that the sale is null and void. At the time, we explained that despite the fact that the concepts of orna, or say, fraud, don't actually apply to land, such that even if she had actually sold some land that was worth, say, 200 for 100, then technically the principles of Ona that would make that sale line of void do not apply. Nonetheless, because she's selling the property that belongs to these Yutomim, she's acting by selling in such a manner that's not proportional to the value of the land that was actually the real value of the land, she didn't have a right to do so. She wasn't acting as a responsible agent for them, and therefore the agency is null and void. That's how we explained it yesterday. So the Mishnah deals with other cases that are similar. For example, the mission says Shum Dayanim, and this is where the Beitin evaluates some of the property of the Atomim, the orphans, and in other words, they're trying to sell this land either to fund the Ktuba of the widow or to pay off a debt from the estate that the father needed to pay off. In that situation, the mission says, if these Dayanim, when they're evaluated, then they're mistaken in the evaluation, they're either undervalued by a sixth or or overestimated by a sixth, then we say Michran Batel. Once again, and that's again stemming from the concept of Ornaa, but really unique to this case, because we said Ornaa doesn't normally apply to land. But here we say Mikran Batel, the cell is null and void. What's interesting here is Beitin have a little bit more leeway, a little more room than the case we learned yesterday. We said by the Isha, if she sold it, it was even a dinar, even a small, when a coin's worth, it would be considered Batel. Here, the Beitin have a little bit of room, a sixth of the value. Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel disagrees. So Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel says, Michran Kayam, the sale actually holds. Why? Because it's imkan if it were not the case. Ma koach beitin yafe. What advantage is there for beitin? Meaning, this is going through the court system. If the court system can't have the power to represent these people in this context, then it doesn't seem right. The beitin should have that level of power to, if they make the sale, the sale holds. However, there's a situation where everyone agrees. And that is in Chachamim. That is, Aval im asu igerd pikoret. If they performed a Igeret Bikor, which I'll explain in a moment, then even if they completely got the valuation wrong, and it was, say, it was worth 100, and they sold it for 200, or the other around it was worth 200, they sold it for 100, then Micharan Kayam, the sale would work according to everyone in the Chachamim. So what's this Igeret Bikoret? What would happen is when the Beitin wanted to sell land for these purposes, before going out and selling it, they would publicize the fact that they're selling some property from the state to either fund the Ketubah or pay off a creditor. And it was publicized through this Iger, through the scroll, it would refer to as Iger Bikoret. And by way of publicizing this manner, people would come, and other people would come who were interested in purchasing the land, and they'd work out the value and estimation in the day themselves, all the people come and be able to see value of this land. So what the Mishnah closed by saying, if it was done in this public manner, such as all these people investigating and probing and seeing the value of the land, in other words, they didn't have gone through this full due process, then everyone agrees that the sale would hold even if they got the estimation completely wrong, or the estimation that was created was done completely wrong. Let's continue with Mishnah Vav. Mishnah begins with three different cases where these women do not get a ketubah. I'll explain them one by one. The first one is Hamimma'enet. We learned previously that if the father passes away, then the mother or brother is able to marry off the daughter when she's a katana. However, this katana, this minor girl, is able to break out of the relationship by simply refusing. That's called mi'un. And she doesn't need a get, she doesn't need a divorce document, she can simply break out of the arrangement. So that makes sense then, in this case, why she doesn't get a ketubah, because by performing mi'un, she makes it if the marriage was never occurred, therefore she doesn't get a ketubah. The next case is a shniya. If you recall, we learned 
This is back in Mesechti Yavam, where we learned about this, I believe, that there were particular relationships that, while on a Torah level, weren't prohibited, Chachamim made them prohibited because they were one degree away from the Torah-prohibited relationships. And they were referred to as Shniot La'arayot. And some examples, for example, a mother's mother, a mother's... Uh, you can go over the previous year and see how they were listed. So that situation, the reason why they do Ketubah, despite the fact that the Torah level, they actually permitted relationships, that is because Chachamim did what's called a Chizuk Lidivrahim. They strengthened their prohibition by applying further fines if it was violated. Next case is an Eilonit. Here we're dealing with a woman who was born in such a manner that she would never be able to have any children. Now, her husband didn't know about this at the time, and when he married her, it was only discovered later, and therefore she doesn't get the Ketubah because he claims that it was a Mekach Ta'ud. When he married her, it was often under the false assumptions. Therefore, it was an invalid, to want for a better term, acquisition. So importantly here, the Gemara actually says that why she doesn't get the base Ketubah of 100 or 200, any Tosefah Ketubah, any additions he made to the Ketubah, over and above the base ketubah that he committed to give, over and above the base amounts, she would be able to be paid that because they take the form of a gift, and therefore that gift would still be passed on. So the mission continues, those three relationships, not only do they have a ketubah, the husband who enjoyed the fruits from the property doesn't have to pay back the payrus, that fruit, when it comes to, say, divorcing her. And next is Velomezonot. He doesn't have to provide her with Mezonot. And this is, by the way, if it did in the case of Akhtana, he would clearly have to support her. What we're referring to here is if he went away overseas and she borrowed money in order to be fed or be supported. And then she breaks out of the relationship with Mion, then the husband doesn't have to pay back all that money. She would have to pay back the debt on her own. Next, Velomezonot. So Blaot here refers to any property the husband used to belong to the wife and simply wore out completely. And that the mission is saying is that he doesn't have to pay the wife back under these circumstances. If they're somewhat slightly worn, then clearly she would, would belong to her. We're saying paying her back. Again, in the case of Mi'un, that applies to all types of property, Nechzemalog and Nechitzon Barzel, the two types of property we discussed in the past. If you remember, Nechzemalog was that property she brings into the marriage that he's not responsible for any fluctuations in value. And as it is, that is what is returned to her if she is divorced or widowed, and he gets to enjoy the payrot. The other type of property was Nechitzon Barzel, where the value is written to the Ketubah, and that's a value that has to be paid back to her in the situation of divorce, or she's widowed. So in the case of Mion, that property is worn, he's not responsible for paying back the reduction in value. And in the case of Shniot, and I learned it's debated exactly what type of property we're talking about, but we're going to leave that for your further study. Let's continue. If, however... When the husband married the woman, he knew she was an Eilonit. Then Mishnah says, no, yesh la ketuba. She does get a ketuba and all the other responsibilities. He would have to pay for, for example, pay of mazonot and blaot. Because he can no longer claim it was a mekach ta'ot. Let's continue. Mishnah says, al manah la kohen gadol, grusha v'chalutz la kohen hediot, mamzer onadatina Israel. So these are other types of forbidden relationships for way of a negative prohibition. So a widow to marry a kohen gadol, or divorcee, or a chalutz to kohen hediot, a regular kohen that is, and a mamzer on a tin Israel or bat Israel on a mamzer. So on a tin and mamzer, we talked about this previously, that they are forbidden for marrying an Israel, let's say a regular Jew. A mamzer is a product of a relationship prohibited by Karen, and a tin was a group of people, if you remember the Givonim, all the way back from the times of Yeshua's time, we discussed previously. So those relationships, we said, despite the fact they're prohibited by negative prohibition, in the context of a marriage where there is one of the parties forbidden by way of a Torah prohibition, we say... Um, that she would still get a ketubah. Now, the important point of stressing this is to contrast it with the beginning of the Mishnah, and that is that those relations with Shniot are prohibited 
by way of rabbinic prohibition, we've already said that they actually treated more harshly, because again, and in those cases, she wouldn't get a ketubah. What's interesting here, and I think we've discussed this in the Mishnah Manatical previously, back in Masech of Amur, I think, is the listing of Chalutza here, that despite the fact it appears to be rabbinic, it's treated in this Mishnah like a Torah prohibition, and she would get a ketubah. I'll leave that for your further study and leave it as a question because uh, we've sort of reached our time now. So, but there's a mission out today. You can look up that article and you can see it in more detail.